This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley. Independent news commentary with a California perspective. Season 8, Episode 10. Reviving California's Gold Mines. An interview with Ben Mossman, CEO of Rise Gold Corporation. The history of California and the precious metal gold have been intertwined from the earliest pioneering days. Gold was the cornerstone of California's modern economy, starting with its discovery at Sutter's Mill in 1848, spawning the gold rush of 1849. Tens of thousands of men and women flooded into San Francisco to seek their fortunes in the gold fields. To this day, the legacy of California's love affair with the precious metal lives on. We, of course, are the Golden State, and San Francisco's football team is the 49ers, named after the gold prospectors who came to California seeking their fortune in 1849. And, of course, many investors still check the price of gold on a daily basis. Today, gold was trading at $1,879 an ounce. Our guest is Ben Mossman, CEO of Rise Gold Corporation. Ben is spearheading the plan to reopen one of California's oldest and most productive mines, the Idaho-Maryland mine. During its 90-year life, the mine produced a total of 2.4 million ounces of gold. Nevada County, where the mine is located, and many other gold mines were located, yielded over 12 million ounces of gold during the same time period. And California, and San Francisco in particular, benefited enormously from the wealth that was generated in those gold fields. Gold production on the site dates from 1863. It was the second largest gold mine in the United States until it was shut down in 1942 during World War II. After the war, production resumed, but gold production never reached its pre-war peak, and it closed permanently in 1956. Enter Rise Gold Corporation, which plans to reopen the mine to resume operations. The plan would generate hundreds of well-paid, skilled jobs in Nevada County, in the foothills of the Sierras, using state-of-the-art mining technology and clean environmental practices. Unlike the 1800s, mining operations today are strictly, are strictly regulated at the local and state levels. Part of the regulatory process calls for an environmental impact report, EIR, which will analyze the proposed operation. Nevada County is home to 99,755 residents whose concerns and opinions will be weighed as part of the process. Some residents have objected to the plan, citing environmental risks such as wastewater runoff, effects on surrounding well water, as well as air and noise pollution. The EIR will identify such risks and seek to mitigate them. Rise Gold's response is that a combination of new mining technologies and clean environmental practices 
in addition to local and state regulatory oversight, will protect the environment and give the community the assurances that they seek. Steering the project through this challenging thicket is CEO Ben Mossman, a graduate of the University of British Columbia and a seasoned mining engineer. He brings state-of-the-art skills to the science of gold mining. Ben joins us from Grass Valley, Nevada County. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Ben, can you take a couple of moments and tell us a little bit about your background as a mining engineer? Sure. So, so I went to the University of British Columbia, and uh, I entered into the mining engineering program. I uh, graduated in 2001, and since that time have worked in a number of underground hard rock mines. I um, started out in Yellowknife, which is in, in the Northwest Territories. had a gold mine there. worked in uh, base metal minings, um, we call Bleeding, which is a large company. I worked for De Beers when they started the Snapwake Diamond Mine also in the Northwest Territories, uh, tungsten, silver, uh, and gold mines. And I've been working at, on the executive level for about seven years and have been with our current company, Rise Gold Corp., since 2016. Ah, very impressive background. Uh, and all, all of your professional background has been in uh, underground mining. Very impressive. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the project and how Rise Gold became interested in California and this particular gold mine? Sure. So, so Rise Gold owns the Idaho Maryland mine, and the Idaho Maryland mine is, is a famous past producing mine. Produced a lot of gold, uh, 2.4 million ounces at a half ounce per ton. It has been closed since 1956. So, a friend of mine had had was running the company and asked me to come on as a CEO to find a more advanced property. They were working on some exploration properties in British Columbia. And this, this property was actually for sale by the family that owned it. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking into it. One interesting thing about the property was that it's located entirely on private land. And so we thought that was quite interesting because it changes the way that the mine will be permitted. It's permitted on the local level, so the county level, versus uh, most properties which are on public land, which you know, in the United States would be processed by the state or federal governments. And so we started looking into the details of the property listed in the mineral yearbook, which is put out by by the by the government for 1942. They had just completed a major expansion to double the production. So it was already the second largest low gold mine in the United States by annual production. Oh, and they were planning to double the double the double the production. So we thought if they were planning to do that. They must have thought there was a lot more gold to be mined, and so that that was the you know the reason that we purchased the property, and so we purchased the the land. We bought additional land beside it, which was the location of a, of a, a major sawmill until 1990, and that that gave us enough land for the future to put the necessary facilities to reopen the mine, and then we commenced uh, doing exploration drilling. So. We have all the all the maps from the mine, but the family that owned it maintained all the records, which is very important. If you didn't have those records, 
you wouldn't be able to, you know, know where the old mine workings were, know where the, you know, possible extensions of these veins are to depth. And then we started doing the exploration drilling. So, so deep drilling below where they had stopped mining using um, diamond corvettes. So that gives you a solid rock core that you can see with the rock types. You can do the assaying and had quite a few good drill intercepts from that. So essentially showing that these veins do, uh, in fact, continue below where they stop mining. Uh-huh. And also getting some some good intercepts quite deep, you know, down to as whole as about 5,000 feet below surface. So that was um, very positive, and that's an important part of the development of the project. Had some some significant interest from investors, Yamana uh, Gold, who is a major producer and a large shareholder. They invested you know, in 2017, 2018. And then since uh, about 18 months from now, or before now, we've been working on the permitting of the project. So mm-hmm. designing the, the feature line, preparing all the environmental technical reports, and going through the application process with Nevada County to get a use permit and to how, allow the reality to mine. And how long is that how long is that process to get the use permit? How long is that going to take? So we applied in November, I guess 20, 2019. So it's been over a year since the application was, was put in. Yep. And so County has hired their own consulting company called uh, Rainy Consultants. And they were hired about about uh, April last year. And and they're what they do is they put they have a false sequel, which is the California Environmental Quality Act, was processed by the county and their consultants. And some of their, you know, technical work and design of courses was done by RISE during the application process. And so that's that's been going on for quite some time. The county is getting close to the point where they release the draft environmental impact report. Oh, okay. That's encouraging. And, and that that's a major step in the secret process. So so that document summarizes all the environmental aspects of the project. And, and, and the state requires under CEQA them to study a number of, of different aspects, you know, as from aesthetics and noise and water quality, mm-hmm. air quality, and all these different areas to determine whether or not there is a significant environmental impact. And if there is, can it be mitigated right. below a level of significance? So, for example, if there... If the noise is above a threshold, can you insulate the buildings to bring it down to an accessible level? So, so that that's in progress right now. Once that's out, there, there's a number of other steps in the public comment period. There is a uh, final environmental report, which is just the answers to everyone's comments that I put in the comment period. And then it goes to the hearings. So you have a planning commission hearing and then a board of supervisors hearing and that, that board of supervisors mm-hmm. There is a vote where you need three of the five to vote I see. Um, to approve the project. Now, Ben, are there are there other operating mines in Nevada County today? Because it, in the past, of course, it was it was uh, one of the centers of California gold production. So, does the county still have institutional experience expertise in terms of analyzing a gold mine project? Uh, the county, there there are, are some kind of gravel mines in the county that are running right now. There are not any gold mines in production. There was a mine, a gold mine that was an uh, open pit plaster mine called Blue Lead that was approved a few years ago, um, but is not currently operating. 
and so so generally the county does not have the technical expertise to to evaluate the environmental impacts and that's so that's why they hire outside experts so they have their main consultant rating consultants and then that that firm hires a number of other sub-consultants so they have experts in water quality experts in groundwater experts in noise experts in traffic okay. and so and so that's that's how these are typically done and that's how it's being done here how uh, how many employees do you hope to take on so, so our plan to reopen it would be at the same scale as when it was closed so it was doing a thousand tons per day yes. when it was shut down in the in the in 42 and so we would reopen the mine at the same scale as the underground mine they had a thousand employees you know back in those times but of course there's a lot of mechanization and technology that is used now so so we would expect that we would have 312 um, employees I see. At, and once the project reaches full production. And would they all be local people, and would you have to train them? Because you said there aren't any gold mines there now, so would would the, the new staff have to be trained in gold mining techniques? Yes. So those 312 all would be local. Uh, we've got estimates of, of how many we would train. So, so over half would be training positions that would be from the existing local population. So, but you know, quite a few underground mining positions. Not, not all of those can be trained from from scratch, but a lot of them can be. The surface processing plant. All of those positions would be training positions. We would have a number of trade apprenticeships, and in addition to that, there is an existing skilled population here. So you have quite a few, you know, electricians, people that are experienced in, in uh, administration. So we think about 200 or more of those would be from existing local people, okay. and then and then the remainder would be from other areas. So, of course, you do need a contingent of people that have experience in underground mining. So, so there will be you know some some people brought from outside the area, but a significant number would be from the local area. Be local, and will will all 300 of them be working underground? No, so so about about half. Would be underground, so you know the half half of them underground. Um, there's quite a few surface workers. There's quite a few trades people needed because you know all the equipment. A lot of the um, mine is mechanized now. So, and in this case, all the underground equipment will be powered by electricity. So, so the mobile equipment will be battery electric. So you have quite a few electricians. You have heavy duty mechanics. You have millwrights. So a lot of trades people. So it's quite a bit of surface workers in addition to the the underground workers. Now, you said, did you say that annual production would be at about 1,000 tons of ore a year? Is that correct? 1,000 tons per day. Oh, per day. So 365,000 tons per year, which is is a fairly modest production rate for uh, in comparison to other mines. But because of the historic grade, so this mine produced on average at a half ounce per ton, which is quite high. When it was closed, it was doing about a third of an ounce per ton. So, so we don't know exactly where you know what the head grade would be in the future, but it is on the higher end of of typical mines. So, so even a, a thousand tons per day, you can produce a significant amount of gold. That's uh, that's impressive. So, out of a thousand tons of ore a day, you'd be producing approximately how many ounces of gold a day? So we don't we don't know exactly what the grade will be because we haven't done enough drilling to to allow that calculation to be done. Um, however, we we you know our target is that the mine 
would produce over a hundred thousand ounces of gold per year. And and that that's basically a threshold that most of the mine industry considers that you know as, as a level of, of significance. So that's a scale large enough that it's very attractive to to other companies and and the industry in general. And this mine was historically producing before its forced closure an average of 121,000 ounces of gold per year. So, so there is a historic precedent for that level of production. Well, that's impressive. 100,000 100, ounces a year. Are there are there other mines in the United States today that, that produce at that level? Uh, yes, there is. Um, most of the mines, of course, in production in the U.S. today are, are open pit mines, much lower grade, but they mine a lot more volume of rock. So, so that there's a number of mines that, that do produce over 100,000 ounces of gold per year. You have mines that are quite a bit larger than that. Um, you know, the biggest mines in Nevada would be, you know, up to and maybe over 500,000 ounces of gold per year. Wow, that's that's impressive. Now, of the uh, let's just come back to the the impact on the economic impact on Nevada County having 300 skilled new jobs and assume they're they're going to be paying they're going to be well-paid jobs that's bound to have a strong multiplier effect on the economy have you done analysis as regards the economic impact of the uh, of a fully employed 300 uh, 300 member work team at your site yeah so we we have had a consultant prepare an estimate of the indirect impact and we, we only had her calculate the local impact, so to the Nevada County area. Yes. And so you have well-paid um, jobs. The average salary for those workers is 94000 per year, which is about double the local average. That's impressive, yeah. Yes, it's, uh, so it's quite high, good benefits, quite, you know, good, safe jobs. From that new employee spending from that payroll in the local area, the local spending by the company, that's about $50 million per year mm-hmm. in new local spending, and, and that would create an additional... 300 um, jobs locally. So, so in any number of industries, you know, um, could be uh, people using uh, services, could be the company buying parts or, or getting things repaired, uh, you know, landscaping contractors, a whole host of oh, different. Of no, the multiplier effect, the multiplier effect of having 300 people earning $94,000 a year plus their benefits on a community of 99,000 people, that's going to be significant. Yeah, so so essentially the, the mine, once it reaches full commercial production, would create over 600 new jobs in the Nevada County area. And additional jobs would be created, of course, in the state and federally, but, you know, they, they're really focused on, on the local impact. So significant amount of jobs, you know, that amount of gold production is something like 4 or 5% increase in the local county GDP. So, so it, it's fairly significant. That's a, impressive. a very positive benefit to the area. That's impressive. That's got to get the, the attention of all those politicians on the Board of Supervisors who've, who are always preaching about economic opportunity and improving economic conditions for their constituents. That's got to be, that's got to be a great selling point. Now, coming back to the, the environmental part of it, there obviously there's always going to be some community objection to anything new are there do you have any concerns with the with the issues that have been raised so far by the public on the environmental side or is it pretty much par for the course their objections 
Well, from the very beginning, you know, we had a, a quite a good understanding of of what the local concerns would be. And so before we even purchased the property, we, you know, considered that in detail. And so we've always said that it's not, it's not a trade-off between economy and the environment. And, and that's the way we've designed the project. So it's always been the first, the first thing that we've put forward. And so there's a, there's a whole host of design features that are in place to, to address those concerns. So, for example, uh, noise. We have all the buildings fully insulated for noise noise reduction. We have airlocks built into the building. So, you know, at nighttime when someone was coming in the building, they open one door, close it, open the next door, and things like that. So sure. we spent, I think, over $100,000 doing the groundwater modeling because that, that's a concern that people have. And really, you know, every aspect we've, we've gone through in detail to, to address it. And, and now the county has their own consultants, you know, reviewing that and coming up with their own independent assessment of, of those areas. And that's going to be um, out shortly. So I think that you know, people have an idea of what mining is and, and what they have maybe in their mind is yeah. not the reality of what's actually being proposed. Well, Ben, in the remaining few moments left in our podcast here, are there are there any other any other thoughts that you have to share with our listeners? Because having a new underground gold mine in California, uh, that strikes me as big news. So when was the last time a new underground gold mine was opened in California? Is that has that been fairly recently or are you the first in a while? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few um, small operations underground that, that have kind of been opening and closed um, over the last while. But really, the last major mining, that gold mining in California, was open pit mining. So it's much different. This is an underground mine. There's a, there's a whole host of different techniques that minimize the environmental impact. And things that are coming, like, brand new, like using all-electric, battery electric underground. So, so that that's going to come out in the near future, and and it's going to be something that people can look at and really start to think about. Well, we could actually mine gold in California and in a very environmentally friendly way, and, and really much more environmentally friendly than than other places in the United States, especially other places in the world. So, so I think that's going to be quite a, quite interesting to to a lot of people. There's still a little way to go. Uh, hopefully, we can get through this process before the end of the year. So yeah, that uh, well, that's, that would be uh, something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Well, this is very exciting—a very exciting development that that uh, Rise Gold is helping to revive a historic and important cornerstone industry here in California, the gold mining industry. So, uh, particularly the underground gold mining industry. So, kudos to to Rise Gold. Kudos to you, Ben. Appreciate all your efforts and. Good luck to you in the environmental review process and the permitting process. Great, thanks a lot. Very good. Hopefully we'll we'll hear back from you later in the year as these approvals come into into effect and, and your production gets underway. Yeah, for sure. We should definitely have an update sometime in the near future. More information also on our website, Rise Gold, RiseGoldCorp.com, and then RiseGrassValley.com. Okay, Rise Gold. Could you repeat the uh, the website again? Uh, risegoldcorp.com. Risegoldcorp.com. 
And then we have some, some more community-focused information, risecraftvalley.com. Okay, very good. Well, I want to thank you, Ben, very much for taking the time to, uh, to join us and educate our listeners. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit the website, www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com, and subscribe to the podcast. It's free to do so, and by subscribing, all future episodes of the show will come directly to your inbox. You can also send me an email, read my blog, make a comment, peruse my book, or listen to any of the previous 155 episodes. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.